Good evening on this awesome Sunday night at the 6 p.m. Central Africa time service. Trust you had a phenomenal Sunday. Oh, my word. We had a powerful Sunday morning with the venues that opened for the 8 o'clock services, the 9.30 services, all the 10 a.m. services. And right now, tonight, we have two services going this one, the broadcast, and then the one in France Hook. And we want to say welcome. What an opportunity tonight to share the good news with you all over the world, wherever people are tuned in. Now, this today, we were also on the television program on uh, Christ Cake Television at 11.30. And there will be a rebroadcast of the Afrikaans on Wednesday at 11.30. Now we're busy this whole month with get unstuck. It's time to move forward. Tell somebody close by, say it's time to move forward. Get unstuck from where you are and get your fight back in life. Because we have read the scriptures this morning of the plot and the strategy of the enemy. And uh, that's why the scripture is so powerful because God's got a pre-plan, a big idea for your life. God doesn't operate in mediocre or settle for less or just exist. And I said this morning, that's when people are stuck in somewhere when they are in survival mode. They came through a storm of life and life slapped them and the storm beat them up. And now they are in survival mode. God never called you to be a survivor. He called you to be a person of impact or just existing. Oh, my word. That's what we call the walking dead. There's a lot of people, walking dead people. They just go through emotions. If it's Friday, they wish it's Monday. If it's morning, they wish it's night. If it's night, they wish it's the morning again. And so that's how their life are going. And then we have the success group. Success is defined in the time frame we live what car you have, what neighborhood you live in, and how much money you have. Now, let me help you. That doesn't guarantee significance. Oh, my word. Because to be significant successful is what you were designed and created for. Remember the scripture that we were reading this morning out of the book of Ephesians where Paul addressed the people and says, we are God's own workmanship. You are his handwork. You were designed and planned to fulfill a great life. And that's that great life that God wants you to live on the face of the earth. 20 people can be born on December the 25th. In the next 20 years, some of them will be doctors, lawyers, advocates, preachers, traveling people. Some of them will be in drugs. Some of them will be nowhere in life. Why? They were born with the same capacity, the same ability. It's how they allow themselves to develop. Now, when you are in Christ, everybody has the same capacity. John's revelation was so powerful. He says, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Wow. 
So it's the great I am that lives on the inside of you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is phenomenal when you understand what Paul was addressing the church and he was explaining to the Ephesians church and how they were called handpicked, ordained by God and the capacity they have because as a person thinketh, so is he. If you think little about yourself, guess where you're going to end? Little. If you think you cannot, you're going to live in cannot zone. But even if you feel if you've got the odds against you and you start believing the word above your circumstances, situations, you will be unstuck where you are. And I use the example of Colonel Sanders this morning of Kentucky Fried Chicken. When he retired at the age of 65, depressed, oppressed, compressed, when a comet suicide and something rose up in him and he took the little money he had and he borrowed some spices here and borrowed some chicken there and bought some chicken with the rest and he starts baking the first Kentucky fried chicken. At the age of 86, he was a multi Billionaire. With what? It start with get unstuck where you are. Actually, nobody is stuck in the natural. You first stuck in your mind before you stuck in situations. And I shared this week of this woman. She was working for a, a lawyer company, a hopeless typist. They want to fire her every week because she made so many mistakes. And then, but she knew God and she went into her husband's garage and by inspiration of the spirit, she mixed some fluids there. The next day she's back at office when she makes a mistake, she took out her invention, God given idea, put it over the mistake, type over that and later on every secretary in that company Start buying from her a product. <laughs> 3M, the company, heard about her. And they offered her 13 million American dollars. That's where we get wiped out or tipics from. <laughs> oh, my word. I want to tell every secretary, dream big every typist. Start dreaming and start believing. <laughs> oh, my word. There was another lady. I always follow these stories. She was working in a deli and undereducated, underpaid, had no hope, was caught up in a system and she had to break out. And every day she start hearing people coming in and want to buy some pies from the deli. And when she overheard that conversation, she went to the manager and said, sir, allow me to bake some pies. She had a recipe of her grandmother and she started baking some pies. Later on, this deli was more known for the pies than anything else they were selling. And a company, oh my word, she, she's first aside. She's going to bake now and resigned her job, start her own pie business. Within one year, she went bankrupt, but her husband believed in her. Turn to somebody, say, I need somebody 
tonight that can believe in me that the impossibilities is possible <laughs> because you're only a captive in your mind. While God gave us all the abilities to change the world, he said, let's do it over again. They did it. And my word, that's where Marie Callender Pies came from. And a company came and offered her three million US dollars for Marie Callender Pies of a lady undereducated, had no hope, but somebody believed in her and she changed the world. I can go on and on with stories. I remember there was a day when a couple walked in one of our services and I called them out and gave them a word from the Lord. Oh, my word. He was a carpenter by trade, living in Delft or somewhere, and he got hold of the word. And that word was, your family will even travel and come and see if it's the same person. Today, God has lifted them high up by following the principle to get unstuck in your mind. Now, what did somebody say in your life that you feel stuck? We stuck by the opinion of people. He said, she said, and they said, oh my word. Now, in my young days, I could steal a car. I could hotwire a car in a split of a second. And uh, yeah, me and the school principal, Mr. Klopper, called me and he said, you, you're going to be a criminal one day. We're going to hear about you in police because you're vicious. But he didn't know I had to prove him wrong. <laughs> Listen, because I understood the label that people put on you is not always God's label. God's got a designer label for your life. You're not a slave. You're not a prodigal son. You're not a hireling. You are a son and a daughter of the living God. And that's why Paul, when he tells the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse 10, for we are God's own handiwork. <laughs> Did you hear that? Own handiwork. His workmanship. Yes. Recreated in Christ Jesus. Born anew. That we may do what? Why are we born anew? That we may do those good works. Which God predestined. Planned beforehand. Two most important dates in your life. The day when you were born. And the day when you discover why were you born. <laughs> you were born created by God, for God, to bring him pleasure. He says, plan beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. Why? That we should walk in them. <laughs> you cannot live a haphazard life. And say, oh, I'll try this. No, no, no. God's got a plan A for every person on this life. Your job is not your A calling. That's the method to help you to live out what you were designed for. You were designed by God, for God, for God's pleasure. And what is that calling? 
Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Amplified translation. Follow me as my disciples. Let me direct or control. <laughs> Design your life. Then I'll make you fishers of men. Oh, my word. What a powerful scripture tells us. And in Jesus' own words, what we were designed for. He says that we should walk in them, living the good life, which he prepared and made ready for us to live. <laughs> Tell somebody, say, I am not <laughs> insignificant. I am valuable because you are a container of the power and the glory and the ability of God. Ephesians chapter 3.20 Now to him who by inconsequence or in consequence of the action of his power, action of his power is at work within. <laughs> Where's the power at work? Within us is able to carry out his purpose. That's why it's not difficult to do what God asks you to do. His purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dream. Wow, that settles the case. Say, devil. You have no longer a right <laughs> to mess with my mind because he wants to mess up your mind. If he controls your mind, he's going to control your life. The thought that you ponder the longest on is the direction your life is going to go. And that's why we have such powerful stuff that we were sharing this morning. You are created to turn the earth into a place filled with God's culture, God's nature, God's way of doing things. Your decisions make a big difference in what happens on the earth. Why? You are called to rule and to reign as a king. Oh, my word. And what does a king do? He speak and instruction is followed. <laughs> My word, tell somebody, say it's time to move on and to get unstuck where I am because God's got a greater, a more powerful plan for my life than what I am busy with right now. I remember years ago, the first church that we pioneered was in Barberton. 1975. We got married in January the 10th, 75. Lanzel was born in November the 1st, 75. And in between that, we were at a town called Barberton on the border of the Mozambique and Swaziland border. Oh, my word, that was a school. And uh, I had a dream. Now, I'm not a dreamer. While we were there, and I dreamt. I'm at this place where the high mountains are and there's an ocean. And uh, it was getting dark. 
and I was in this little boat, and I saw a figure walk on the water, white robe on long hair, and I can still see how he points his finger at me and he says, nothing significant will happen in your ministry until you are at the place of the mountains and where the ocean is and the aloe vera trees grows on the mountain. Now that's detail. I went to the pastor that I grew up. Now that time it was Transvaal. He was never out of the Transvaal. And I said, I had this phenomenal dream. He said, yes, it's Barberton. I said, no, there's no ocean. There's, there's mountains, but not high mountains. And it's amazing. In 1980 December, we came to Cape Town. And while we were in the parsonage in uh, Grand Strat, Street number seven, the morning when it was winter, I got out of the parsonage. And when I look at the mountains, and I saw the snow on the mountains, that dream came back alive. And I know that I know that I know I was at the place where God had this great assignment, a job for me to do. And this was very important in my life. Now, with everything that's assigned to your life, they say enemy. <laughs> Every dream, every calling, every plan of God has an enemy. And that enemy is not a person. Paul says, and I use the scripture out of Ephesians chapter 6 this morning. He says, put on the whole armor of God. And then he says the significant. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. <laughs> but against principalities and powers and forces of darkness. Sometimes we can put in their municipalities. <laughs> My word. He said, that's the battle you're fighting and facing. Because always remember the truth I'm sharing tonight. The devil is never fighting you where you are. He's fighting you where you're going. He wants you to quit, to toss in the towel, to give up. He wants you to turn your back on your calling, on your assignment. Listen, and because he's fighting you, where you're going, he knows you are dangerous. He knows you are armed and dangerous. You load it. And we were reading the scripture. You were unloaded by God. <laughs> Oh, my word, when Paul tells the church in Colossians and he gave them this phenomenal word, this word always out of the Amplified helped me to understand things in a greater measure. The sickness, the bankruptcy, the opposition, the misunderstanding of people don't understand you. Everything, listen, is the assignment of the enemy. He fears you and he's afraid you're going to arm your thoughts and walk upright standing with God by the grace and the goodness of God with truth. Truth is what God says about you, not what other people say and not what you feel. <laughs> if you discover, help me, you cannot 
always trust your feelings. That's why Paul comes and he says, we are not moved by what we feel, what we see, what we hear. We are moved by what we believe. In 1981, 1st of January, when I took over the church, three people in that building. Oh, my word. I mean, they had big hats, no makeup, long dresses. <laughs> and the totsikos And I thought, dear Jesus, how am I going to make it? I gave up everything in Benoni, and here I'm coming to nothing. And that was a good school. The first service, we had 15 people. In three months' time, we had a church packed to capacity by the grace of God. Everybody said, you're not going to make it. You're going to die before your time. This is a graveyard for ministers. And I had to prove them wrong. Even the mayor of Cryfontein that time, I had to prove him wrong. After you know the story, he called me in on a Saturday and said, he's chasing me out of the town within one week <laughs> because we were the first multinational church with all kinds of groups, ethnic groups together. But in one week, God had him out of town. <laughs> the next Sunday, I was still there a week. The next Sunday on every land pole right through South Africa, right through Southwest Africa, in the main newspaper, the report, mayor in scandal, immediately dismissed. And guess who was the mayor? The same one. They tried to chase me out of town and made my life hell. <laughs> then we had the AWB. They cut the brake pipes, turned the wheel nuts loose, turned the driving shaft loose. Oh, my word, put sugar in my petrol tank. And they did anything to their power to give us hell. Then the Satan worshippers. Oh, my word. I can go on with my stories. But I had a word from God. Faith and a word. Because I had to arm my thoughts not to get stuck in a rut. I remember... Years ago, we had a little printer <laughs> there at the house, and we were living in Hippo Drive, I think, in Zoo Park. And then Friday nights, I would making pamphlets, hundreds of them, and hand them out Saturday, single-handed, at the block center, advertising a three o'clock service in Scottsville in the Arno Theater. And 800 people came to that meeting. So we've seen signs. I've got the pictures today. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Because I refuse to take no for an answer. <laughs> Come on, people. You cannot get stuck where you are. You're too valuable. You're precious, Gustav. I don't feel... I didn't say the scripture says, feel like it. Well, my father said, my mother said, my grandma, he said, she said, them. no, what does God say about you is more important than what any person ever can say on the face of the earth. Come on, listen what Colossians says in Colossians chapter number two and verse 10. And I give you scriptures that carried me through and pulled me out where I was stuck in a rut. 
where I think this was the end, and in the meantime, it was the beginning. And uh, in 1981, the church fathers threw us out of the building. That's another story. We, that was the largest congregation ever in that whole organization that I was connected to, in that church in Cryfontaine. And uh, they chuck us out. The last service was the 31st of December. They said, get out of this building. You're from Eastern religion because we sing in tongues. And I was a karate in karate in my teenage days. And they say, that's Eastern that you're busy with. And you know, the ladies le wear less hats. And <laughs> some of them not even <laughs> make up. And they were vicious with us. But we proved them wrong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus by applying the word. Greater, somebody say greater, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Verse 10 of chapter 2 of Colossians, and you are in him. You are in who? In him, capital him, <laughs> in Jesus. Made full when you gave your heart to the Lord. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and give you a finger, a nose, an ear, or a an arm or a leg, he gave you the fullness. And having come to fullness of life, so there's a fullness of life that God wants you to live now in this time that you are in. He says, in Christ you are too fold with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. And he is the head. He's the head. <laughs> not coronavirus. Not the president. <laughs> not the world order or what they want. The no, no, no. Not the, <laughs> the Oppenheimers and whoever there is. He says, and he is the head of all rule and authority. Of every angelic principality and power. <laughs> Did you just hear that? This is phenomenal that you must understand this principle of the scripture. And that's why Peter came and I read the scripture this morning. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. He didn't say be passive. He didn't say just fold your arms and say, Ach, let God that were God say, That was my mother saying, no. No, you, you don't understand Afrikaans. You will know I cannot translate that. <laughs> Peter says, be alert and of sober mind. Wow. Your enemy, your enemy, <laughs> the devil. <laughs> Who's your enemy? The devil. Not your husband, your wife, not your neighbor, <laughs> and not the person that you love, not, not, not the president, not the, if, if I said this morning, Who's your enemy? The devil. Because we war not against flesh and blood. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I need to read, <laughs> bring the scriptures back of this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. He says, in order that Satan might not outwit us, in order that Satan might not, there's a possibility, 
but he gave you the word that Satan might not outwit us. Come on, somebody. For we are not unaware of his devices, his plans, his plots, <laughs> his way of operation. <laughs> the, the other translation says, we are not ignorant of his devices. Oh, my word. That is so powerful. He says, <laughs> so that he can have no advantage, would be taken off us by Satan. The other translation says, to keep Satan from getting the advantage over us. <laughs> oh my word, I get always so excited when I read these scriptures and I want to help you to make it tonight, to have the most phenomenal week. I always say, I refuse to say I had a bad day. I had maybe pleasure on that day, but I'm always great. <laughs> I'm phenomenal. I refuse to say it's Blue Monday tomorrow. No, I'm not getting up with the wrong foot out of the bed. <laughs> then get back in the bed and get out on the other side that you can get out of bed with the right foot. No, my word. Now, now, this is so profound. And it's going to help you. It's small steps that's going to take you to a gigantic change. Did you just hear that? Small steps to get unstuck, to get out of stuck, to get your fight back in life, to say, I may have a few setbacks, but I am not defeated. My comeback is greater have any setbacks. And I normally say, don't say I have a comeback, say I have a bounce back. <laughs> That's greater than anything. And uh, now this morning, we have discovered how, what make that I get stuck in life when I lose grip and I am no longer a co-laborer with God and I'm going to give you about eight things that hinders you that will keep you stuck. You cannot let one <laughs> take part in your life. You need to get rid of all of them so that you can have the mind of Christ. And that's very important. But listen, <laughs> you cannot let the enemy have the last say. The word of God is truth and above everything. And that's why 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. For we are, not will be, we supposed to be, we right now, God's fellow workers, co-laborers, says the other translation. You are God's field. You are God's building. So what, what's the story? I'm a co-laborer with God. I need to do it just as God is doing it. God do it and I follow the pattern. He's the perfect model. If I do anything outside and being a co-laborer with God, then I'm getting in error. That's where deception comes and people start drinking Kool-Aid and wipe out the whole community because people get spooky spiritual. They become atheist Christians. <laughs> they believe, but they don't believe. Very dangerous. They become lukewarm. And that's the most dangerous place because God only described 
our relationship with him in three levels. You're either cold, you're lukewarm, or you are on fire for the Messiah. He said, because you're not cold and you're not hot and you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. <laughs> we have a saying, <laughs> don't let God throw up <laughs> because you are lukewarm. Get on fire for God. Get unstuck. You are a co-laborer with God. Do it just as God is doing. Matthew 6, 33. God's way of operation. And uh, Galatians 4, 6, NIV. Because you are his sons. What are you? Sons and daughters. God sent the spirit of his son, of Jesus, into our hearts. Where? Into our hearts. To do what? The spirit who calls out, Abba Father. You can understand why you have opposition and a fight is going about light and darkness, truth and the lie. Come on, somebody. It's all about you. Satan fears you. He doesn't want you to know it. What sets me free? People quote that and we've quoted that scripture for years, but we quote it in partial truth. The truth shall set you free. No, no. It's knowing the truth and then doing the truth that brings freedom. Not only <laughs> knowing it, you must do it. The truth will set you free. And the truth is, you are his son, you are his daughter. And God himself, that's what the scripture says. Pour the spirit of Jesus, his son, into our hearts. And when it's into your hearts, you love God with all of your heart all of your mind, and all of your strength. This morning, we spoke about the first three hindrances that will keep you in to be stuck in a situation, stuck where you are, and stuck with information that's so negative, the covered thing. Oh, my word, today, four companies, 14th of February, bus companies that was an operation in South Africa for years, Stop operating right now, today, the 14th of February, as I speak. So many people are losing their jobs. Patco buses, I think, pay off on 290 people. There's thousands of people. They say the rate is more than 50% of joblessness in South Africa. So crime is high. But thank God, we're in this world. We're not from this world. And people are stuck and it's a lack of vision. You lose sight. They asked Madeline Keller, she's a lady born blind, and they ask her, what is worse than being blind? She said, to have an eyesight, but you cannot see, being vision. God wants you to have vision. Vision takes you to the end result. And that's important because we said this morning, there's many barriers of different kinds that keep people stuck in a rut. Maybe it's the bitter waters of Mera <laughs> or it's a money issue, a business each issue, that dead prophetic promise that you think it's dead while God said it's alive. Bad experiences, 
Come on, somebody. Oh, my word. The Red Sea for the Hebrew children. The walls of Jericho with, with Gideon and his army. Oh, my word. Uh, no, 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 with, with Josh on the army. <laughs> the stone at Lazarus' tomb. There's so many things. Several gates, I said this morning, shut Peter out from freedom. <laughs> but the Christians start praying and there was an earthquake and every gate opened and he walked out a free man <laughs> out of sight, <laughs> out of the guards, right through the guards. They didn't even see him. The guard, Brother Andrew, that smuggled Bibles long ago <laughs> behind the Iron Curtain. And he had all these Bibles and a little Volkswagen Beetle. And when they came to the border post and he saw, oh my word, all these people were there and they were anti-Bible in Russia. And he prayed a prayer and he said, God, you who make blind eyes to see, I ask you now to make seeing eyes blind. He said they opened in his book, they opened the, the bonnet of the thing where the Bibles was in. No, Volkswagen doesn't have it at the back and the front. And uh, he said they looked and closed it and they said, you can go. The phenomenal thing what God can do to get you unstuck and to move you in dimensions. Lack of vision. Number two, you can get this morning's message, doubt. Because doubt, the words of God are yea and amen. And many times we doubt his word. And under such circumstances, it's difficult to move forward. But listen what Jude 1.22 says. And have mercy on those who doubt. Oh, my word. Thomas said, I will not believe that he has risen unless I put my fingers where the nails went through. And when Jesus appeared to him and said, bring your fingers and put it in the nail, <laughs> he said the wounds, he said, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus said, blessed is he who believe even if he did not see. Third thing we said this morning was unbelief. God treats unbelief to his word as a greater insult to his person and his name. And that is so powerful. Because remember when Jesus went to his hometown and they first admire him, who's this man? And then they say, oh, it's Mary's son and son of a carpenter. And then the Bible said Jesus couldn't do any works there because of their unbelief, of their unbelief. You must get rid of unbelief. To serve God is a faith action. Believe in the word of God above circumstances. Number four, and I'll pick up here tonight for the next 15 minutes. Outright disobedience or a stubborn heart. <laughs> Outright disobedience or a stubborn heart because of disappointments in life. Or my word of hurt and pain. Did you ever feel like God has dropped me? I've heard people say, where was God when this happened? Where was God when my child died? Where was God when uh, they robbed me? Where was God when the doctor diagnosed me with cancer? Where was God? 
It was never God. God always remained faithful. It's the thought in your mind that pull you away from the fullness of what God wants you to experience. Now, possibly, why people develop a stubborn heart and just plain outright disobedience. I heard people that stands in the word, they say, I will not do it unless God tells me. Let me help you. When God spoke to his disciples, he spoke to you. When he spoke to the prophets, what's in scripture was what God was telling you. And uh, uh, a story in Psalm 81, verse 11 and uh, 12. God speak about the Hebrew children. So I gave them up unto their own hearts lust. What did God do? He gave them over to their own heart, their own desires. Oh, my word. And they walked in their own counsel. That's a powerful scripture. <laughs> the NIV says, so I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices and their own ideas. When you put your idea, your way of thinking above God's plan, God's idea, and you start following that, you think it's God. I heard people say, God told me. No, it's not scripture. Anything that you say God tells you and it doesn't qualify with scripture, scripture explains scripture, scripture answers scripture. And if it's not scripture, God gave you over on your own heart's desire and now you're heading for destruction. There's a way that seems right in a man's own mind, says why Solomon in Proverbs. But the end of that road leads to death. I had people, they tell me, God <laughs> said they must leave our church or God said they must go to that nation or move to Joburg. And I don't know at all, but I can tell you where it's God and where not. I've been long on this journey. And uh, I said, are you sure it's God? Don't give me that. My wife has a red telephone right on God's desk. You know, they get spiritual and and speak Christianese. <laughs> I said, okay, if I can help you, it's not God. Because in two and three witnesses and counsel, every word, there will be a series what we do, how to hear God's voice accurately. And then they say, no, we hear from God. You just want to keep in control. I said, no, I don't control nobody. You have your own will. Two weeks later, that same family phoned me. Depressed, oppressed, compressed. The phone rang and I said, hello. And I said, hello. Oh my word, who's that? Who's that? And he said his name. I said, how are you doing? Not good. Everything that was promised here was a lie. I said, I told you. Now that people don't want to hear, I told you, sir. I said, come back to Cape Town. Now, this is pride. What will people think if we come back now? We told them it's God. I said, rather come back and repent than stay there. That man died, and I heard he had a heart attack. And, and then I inquired of the pastor they went to serve the Lord with. And I said, it's so sad that this person died of a heart He said, heart attack? He became an alcoholic. 
He died of cirrhosis of the liver. I said, my word, what a high price to pay of stubbornness and of being willing not to follow God's instruction, outright disobedience. Many people hurt themselves. God wants to pour you out a blessing this morning. Oh, my word. I had a phenomenal, those of you who watch the broadcast, when you're at the end of the service and the Lord said, give the Land Rover away. And he told me to whom? <laughs> and I couldn't get rid of that Land Rover quick enough from this property. And I gave it away because I understood that's how God has blessed me many times, put millions in my hands by following instruction. Listen, <laughs> the fifth thing that will keep you stuck is distractions. Distractions. How many times, if you go on a safari, the game warden will tell you three things. He said, Number one, before we go there and meet all the wild animals, the first thing you do is when an animal, a lion, charge on you, don't turn your back and run away. <laughs> Second thing, he said, <clears throat> stay with the group. He said, because predators always looking for the weak link. The one that separate themselves even two, three, four meters away from the group. That's the strategy of the enemy to get you out of fellowship. He said, then they know. He said, watch when they start chasing. They separate the zebra or the antelope or the buffalo from the group. And then they have authority over them. He said, never separate you from this group. And the third thing he said, he said, whenever something charge, don't go ahead of me. If I have to shoot, guess who's going to get the bullet if you're ahead of me? You. <laughs> he said, stay with the group. That's God's advice to us. Stay in fellowship. You're never going to make it on your own. The enemy wants you to Get distracted. Distractions will take you on a detour in your life. I guarantee you. I made plans to move out of Cape Town. <clears throat> I got a calling to uh, Namibia, Southwest Africa, to a congregation there in Mariental with everything I never had here. <laughs> this is amazing. They gave me a package deal and a Brand new Mercedes once a year and a parsonage with all the antiques and good benefits that I never had here. And <laughs> I decide I'm going to do it. And that night when I walked into the foyer of that building, I heard the voice of God. What do you think you are doing here? And I realized I'm in trouble with God. This is a distraction. And the enemy works with distractions. The slightest distraction will take you. It starts with a few degree and that you get separated and later on you're so separated that the one that walks around like a roaring lion is going to have a ball of a time with you. Come on somebody. <laughs> Galatians 
or chapter 3 verse 1 speaks to born-again people operating in the gifts, charismatics, Pentecostals, what you want to call them. Listen what Paul tells that church. They were spiritual. They spoke in tongues. And Paul comes to the church of Galatians and he questioned them about this phenomenal event that took place in their lives. Galatians chapter number 3. And it says, oh my word, this really ministered to me. He says, oh you poor and silly. (laughs) Did you know that word is in the Bible in the New Testament? Oh you poor and silly and thoughtless and unreflecting and senseless Galatians. Wow. That's a mouthful. He says, who has fascinated or bewitched or cast a spell over you unto whom right before your very eyes Jesus Christ the Messiah was openly and graphically set forth and portrayed as crucified. They got involved by start self-inflicting wounds and start believing a lie. This message was written to the Christians in Galatians. Oh, my word. He said, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit as the result of obeying the law and doing its works, or was it by hearing the message of the gospel, they want to go back into the law and believing it. Was it from observing a law of rituals or from a message of faith? <laughs> Who bewitched you? Who bewitched you? Oh, my word. That's powerful. The other translation says, Who fascinated or bewitch or cast a spell over you. That's harsh words. Distractions. Satan's weapons is to believe a lie and to get distracted. Oh, my word. People who are revelation-hungry people and don't stay in the word, you will always see they bewitch and there's a spell over them because they... Develop this attitude. There's nobody like me, Lord. There's a a prideness about them. That's why they need this phenomenal forensic prophet titles. (laughs) Or the chief apostle. That's all Benny Baloney stuff. Somebody told me he's a forensic prophet and the police use him. And I thought, yeah, fortune teller and spiritism. He can even tell you the underwear label. <laughs> now, I don't need that. I, have, I believe in prophecy. I can prophesy myself, and we have powerful pr- people that can prophesy. But it must be the word of the Lord. Now, this is the same thing that happened with the Hebrew children. Because God did the signs, wonders, miracles. They saw the Red Sea that was the place where they were stuck and said, Did you bring us here to get murdered here? Why didn't you take why did you take us out of Egypt? They were stuck with Egyptian brains right through their journey. 
And it took more than 40 years to get that Egyptian prince out of him that that generation died, who God gave over to their own heart's desire. Listen what the book of Hebrews chapter 4 says. For indeed, verse number 2, we have had the glad tidings, the gospel of God, proclaiming to us just as truly as they, the Israelites of old did, when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them. Did you just hear that? The message they heard did not benefit them. That is, now the Bible is going to tell us how is it possible that people that serve God hear the word, sit in the anointing, sit in the revival, don't get touched, don't get delivered, don't get provided for, then a sinner comes and gave his heart to the Lord, then he's healed of cancer, we've seen the blind eyes open, we've seen the cripple walk, I've seen the dead raised, oh my word, we've seen it, but why is it? Here's the answer, not because you're a bad person, this is the qualification, he says, but the message they heard did not benefit them, because it was not mixed with faith. Chapter 4 of the book of Hebrews, my word, Amplified Translation, with the leaning of the entire personality on God, in absolute trust and confidence in His power, His wisdom, and His goodness, by those who heard it, Neither were they united in faith. They want to do it their way. They got, (laughs) my word, disillusioned and distracted with the ones, Joshua and Caleb, who heard and did believe it. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) What a word. What a word. I can preach, and we've done hundreds, and I've preached thousands of messages in my lifetime. And I've heard thousands of messages and I always say, I'm going to mix it with faith to keep my fighting spirit against the forces of darkness that we can be overcomers and winners. Distractions. Those that must make progress in life must always be focused. That's the key word. The moment when I get unfocused, I get itchy. Because I'm a visionary. I believe the impossibilities is possible with God. Now, this is the thing. Focus is the most important ingredient of getting unstuck and stay unstuck and move towards the goal. Genesis chapter 16, you see how Sarah tried to help Abraham and get him off focus of the promised son. And then she got jealous because the slave got pregnant, Hagar. And Hagar was chased out. And this is the thing. God wants you to stay focused and don't help God. (laughs) You don't need to help him. You need to work with him. Sarah tried to help God with the son of the promise, she created Ishmael. That's why we have a battle today <laughs> in life. It's the sons of Ishmael that's fighting the jihad from the sons of Ishmael. 
But Abraham, Isaac was the promised one. And I say tonight, may nobody and nothing distract you from the progress God has earmarked for you to be victorious, an overcomer, and a champion. Number six, fear. Oh my word, we nearly finish. Fear, it has always been described as a false expression appearing real or false evidence appearing real. The lockdown, the covert, yeah, there's, there's truth, but it's partial truth. It's a fear tactic that they use. The economy is down. Now they talk about another one and it's going to keep on to what? 2023 and all these junk in the trunk. You're from a different kingdom. You cannot let fear dominate you. Fear starts with hearing and a feeling and then it works on your emotions till a spirit of fear gets hold of you. Then you're in the greatest danger than ever before. You cannot say I can not let fear distract me or keep me in a prison without bars. Come on, somebody. Fear. Fear. When fear grasps a man, gets hold of you, it torments that life to the extent that it will be hard of any sort of progress in that person's life. The thought you occupy, occupy the most is the direction your life is going to go. And that's why God doesn't want you to have the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Because fear was the thing that chased the prophet. He just let fire came down, and the next moment, <laughs> Jezebel <laughs> chased him, that he ran away. And he put in Jezebel at a higher level of command. And the rubbish of fear dominate his life. God did not give you fear. Say, fear, you have no authority over me right now. I'm loaded with the presence of God. And number seven, listen. Oh, my word. Prayerlessness. No prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power. A lot of prayer, a lot of power. Because as believers, one of our most powerful weapons in our arsenal and in our warfare is prayer. Hindrances first happen in the spirit world before manifesting in the physical. And those who cannot or don't want to or don't feel they need to pray will become victims of hindrances of breakthrough. They'll be stuck in a rut. Daniel prayed, and then for 21 days, no results. And then the angel appeared to him in Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 and 3. And Daniel prayed, and the prince of Persia was sent to hinder his prayers, demonic forces. Imagine if he didn't pray, they might continue to suffer in Babylon. And the, the, the angel of the Lord said, the first day when you prayed, God heard your prayer. That's why keep on praying. And the last one is carelessness. 
Oh my word, this is a terrible thing. It, it works in stages, all these things. And I've seen people that serve God once upon a time in power and in strength. And they were dynamite. And carelessness kicked in. Because of hurt, pain, disappointments, gossip. Believe a lie above the truth. And start accommodating all these. Now all these things, the eight things I mentioned, are weaved in. It's to rob you from your confidence to be as bold as a lion. Carelessness. And that is that nonchalant attitude of someone regarding their own progress. And it's an I don't care attitude. Have you, have you seen people with that? I know God says, but I don't care. <laughs> I know the word says, but I don't care. I know he said, but I don't care. Such people will, will, will settle for whatever life gave them and not what they demand from life. Usually, they are the losers in life and never the high achievers. Because it came in the book of Judges when Samson saw delicious <laughs> Delilah. She became Delilah, become delicious. <laughs> And he revealed the secret that God tell him not to do, to cut his hair. Power was not in his hair, it was in God's instruction. And we know the end. He became nonchalant, I don't care. And she keeps on saying, if you love me, you will tell me. And if you love me, you will tell me. And that's garbage. And then he revealed the secret. The next thing, his eyes was poked out. And he had to work as a slave. For the same people that he defeated once upon a time. Because carelessness, and we're getting ready to close, leads to a hardened heart. And a hardened heart takes you to procrastination. That's the biggest problem. What we don't do to... Now, now I've been living in Cape Town, what's it, 42 years. My 42nd year. And that's one thing about the Cape Townians I could never manage. It's that layback action. What we don't do today, we do tomorrow. Not tomorrow, next week, and not next week. We'll do it next year. Africa has the same problem. The problem with the ten virgins, with the foolish and the wise, the foolish problems was not the oil. It was the procrastination of delaying and wasting of time. We cannot waste time. You have a split of a second to make quality decisions. And then when you become in that procrastination and nonchalant carelessness and a hardened heart, you start chasing the wrong things, money and fame and titles and people. And you get in error and you're no longer cooperating with God. And you start parking in the past. And your past start poising your future. Listen, viewer, tonight I want to help you to get unstuck. Get out of stuck. Make a quality decision. You're not going to allow, by word, a Red Sea, a wall of Jericho, money issues, lockdown, COVID-19, uh, level three, what levels the world are operating in. 
or a, st a, a, a tombstone to keep you away from moving forward. Listen, make a quality decision. You choose faith to believe God above doubt. You're not going to operate in unbelief. You're going to put action to what you believe. You're going to be an obedient vessel. God says do it, and you do it. Oh, my word. One time I was here, and uh, I heard the Lord said, take money, drive to the spa in Clyfontaine. Now you know we don't live in Clyfontaine. We have to go through Belleville to Brackenfell, then Clyfontaine. He said, and wake in the parking lot at the spa, and uh, they're in Bonnybrook area. Now, I know people there, but I mean, we've been living years and years here. And I follow the instructions, stop in the parking lot, wait for instruction. And every person that came out of the spa, I thought, that's the one the Lord said. He said, no. There came out a lady, no teeth. She looks like an organ without notes, a ponytail, not taking care well of. And the Lord said, it's her. I want to show her how I love her. And I opened the window and called her. And she thought I was looking for a prostitute. She said, no, my lani, I'm not in for that. I said, no, that's not what I'm here. I got out of the car. I said, God told me to bring you money. And she started crying uncontrollable. She screamed out. She said, I was right there. And every time when I put a parcel through the cash register, press the subtotal to see if I have a lot of money, She's not taking care of my daughter and all the grandchildren. And we've got no support. She said, and I have to put food on the table and I don't know how to do it. And I said, God, if you're true, answer my prayer. Show me that you love me. Show me. She said, and here, God, answer my prayer. See, you're so important with God. He knows your age your real hair color, and your real weight. You normally want to say 10 kilograms lighter and 20 years younger. <laughs> Come on. And, uh, is that your real? Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, it's dye. It comes out of a bottle, you know. But God knows it all. He knows every choice, every decision. He knows when you're going to mess up, and he tries to warn you, and he knows when you're on the right path to make the right choices. Make a decision tonight. You're not going to be distracted. You're going to be instant obedient. And I've seen miracles upon miracles happen when I follow God's instruction. Make a quality decision. You're not going to operate in fear. No more fear for the rest of this year or of my life. I'm going to walk and live and move by faith by what God's word says. I'm going to believe it. Number seven, start praying. Get involved tomorrow night. There's a prayer group with Pastor Emila on the Zoom meeting. Connect, get in prayer. Pray. Because Jesus instructs us to pray. Pray all the time. Pray. The fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Was it Gideon who prayed and the sun stood still? Prayer. Was it the prophet Elijah that prayed and it stopped raining? And he prayed again and it stopped raining and the famine was destroyed. Prayer. Prayer is a part of your weapon in Ephesians chapter number 6.
And the last one, make a quality decision that you're going to be committed. That you're going to take care of God's business so that he can take care of your business. You're going to take care of God's house. You're not going to neglect it so that he can take care of your house. You're going to take care of God's people so that he can take care of your people. You're not going to be careless. You're not going to operate in a hardened heart. Because all these things, if you operate in just one of them, you will be stuck in a rut because they feed on each other. But to say tonight, I've heard the truth and I'm set free. I'm going to be a giant of the Lord. I am more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. Oh, my word, I am what the word says I am. I can do what the word says I can do. I will achieve what the word says I will achieve. I want to pray for you right now. If you don't know Jesus, the starting point is accept him. Make him Lord of all. The word says, if I believe with my heart, confess with my mouth, I will be saved. God sent his son to rescue and save me, to redeem me from the curse of the law, that I will not go to hell, but have everlasting life and live in with him for eternity. Say this, say, Lord Jesus, I heard the word of the Lord tonight. I'm stuck in sin, I'm stuck in a situation, I'm stuck And I was wondering why, but I heard the word tonight, Lord, I believe with my heart. I confess it with my mouth that you are Lord. Forgive me my sin and wash me in your blood. Put my name in the book of life. I will serve you. I will be a disciple, a learner of Jesus Christ for the rest of my life. And I will tell other people about Jesus and demonstrate his love to them. In Jesus' name. If you agree with all these things I said and say I'm getting unstuck tonight say I'm stuck I'm not going to be stuck in a rot because I'm God's ambassador I'm an heir of God a joint heir of Jesus what belongs to my father belongs to me I have a better life than the one I'm living right now I'm not going to be defeated. I'm not going to be bankrupt. I'm not going to be sick. I'm not going to be unhappy. I'm not going to be depressed, oppressed, compressed. I'm not going to be in anxiety. I have vision back. Hallelujah. I'm going to live to the fullness right now. I rebuke the attack of the enemy. I say, devil, take your hands off right now. The blood of Jesus is against you. (laughs) But over God's people, we have a made up mind. We have the tenacity of a bulldog. We will not let go until our prayers are answered and until we break through in dimensions we've never been in before. You need a miracle in your body. Say, by his stripes I'm healed. He gave his life so that I may have life and have it in abundance. Uh, His word was sent to heal me from all the diseases in Jesus' name. If you need financial breakthrough, say, Lord, I'm a giver. And this stuff can appear on the screen. Do whatever you want to do. Say, I'm getting unstuck out of that. I have learned. I gave myself out of debt. Supernaturally. And I know what God can do. Because God's will is for you to walk in complete health. And to be prosperous in every area of your life. You're only as prosperous as your soul are. Change your mind. To the word of God. Mix it with faith and believe the word above your circumstances. 
most of the tour here around the Western Cape, South Africa, and from our home to your home from Loftal International. Wow! Thank you for the opportunity to serve you tonight, to feed you with the Word of God. <laughs> People say, oh, that's long. Oh, no, you sit in the movies and you, you watch three hours <laughs> Titanic. People go to the gambling place and the casinos and play for hours and they, don't, they party for hours. And that brings misery. But here you have a word to give you hope and a future to put you on a dimension, to catapult you in God's perfect world. Tomorrow morning, we share the keys of faith every day from Monday to Saturday, and tomorrow night, the prayer time. God bless you, we love you, and you are phenomenal in Jesus, and we say thank you. Until tomorrow, God bless you.